Welcome to Shatter by Rockwall Automation Women in the Field. We're your hosts, Olivia Robertson and Corinne Pellish. Well, we have some news for our listeners. Yes, some, we do. Some sad news. And exciting. And exciting because we're thrilled. It's bittersweet. It's a new chapter in Shatter and also in Olivia's life. Um, yes. So we're so excited to update you guys on it. Yes. So unfortunately, I will no longer be with Rockwell as of March 22nd, which unfortunately is... Um, by the time you guys hear this, it'll be way after, but I am leaving Rockwell to join a system integrator called Rovasys as a salesperson for them. So unfortunately, my, my chapter with Rockwell is closing, but still be in the industry, still be around and yes. working with everyone in a different capacity. Yes, exactly. And when we do get back together, we will be talking about similar things. But Olivia will offer a very different perspective. And I think it'll be, it'll just be really nice to continuously open up doors and chapters and conversations as you continue along your professional journey. Yeah. No, and I'm I'm excited to bring not only, I mean, my knowledge and everything from Rockwell, my career that I've had with Rockwell to a system integrator, but also this idea of what we're doing with Shatter and trying yeah. to expand both the conversation as well as um, bring awareness to the gender inequality issues, as well as all the different topics that we've been Mm -hmm. covering so far, Um, bring it out more into the system integrator side of things, because what I learned is that within Rockwell, especially we have a bit of a bubble and it's great and we're very aware, but we've talked about this before, but we need to do better about expanding our reach and really trying to um, bring our message to our partners. Um, so hopefully I will be able to do that and continue to do that through, I guess, my new role. But. New chapter. Well, congrats, Olivia. We will miss you so much at Rockwell within RA Wi-Fi. Um, but a network, uh, this network never goes away, which is the beautiful thing. So look forward yes. to seeing you at events once we kind of return to normal. And then also yes. just phone calls and texts away. So Congratulations again, but we will miss you so much. Thank you. I enjoyed my time being on the show and I hope everyone enjoyed my goofy commentary half the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I did. So <laughs> <laughs> try to keep it light, you know? Oh my goodness. So. Awesome. Well, thanks, Livia. All right. So today we have a very unique episode. It's not just any guest that will be joining us today. It is a guest who will be turning into our new co-host for Shatter. So I would like to formally introduce Fumi Ige. Welcome to the podcast. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. I this know. is a nice grand opening. <laughs> grand opening. It's so exciting. But before we get too further, we definitely want to let the listeners know, like, who in the world is Fumi? So Fumi Ige was born in Nigeria, but has lived half of her adult life in Poland. She just recently relocated to Milwaukee, Wisconsin to join her now husband. Before then, she graduated from Warsaw University of Technology with a BS in electrical engineering and started working for Rockwell Automation a year and a half later. She's always loved fashion and actually indulged her passion for fashion by modeling in a number of photo shoots and a major shoot for a global company while she was still a student in Poland. She speaks for you did hear that correctly, four languages fluently, including English, and attributes her linguistic skills to being from Nigeria, where people speak a minimum of two languages. When Fumi is not singing and recording herself on her phone, she's either binging on shows on Netflix or Hulu or listening to an audiobook. Her favorite show is Jane the Virgin, and she's watched it more than 10 times now and still watches it, you know, now every now and then for comedic relief. Fumi has been on a continuous journey of self-awareness and believes that it's what led her to the discovery of emotional intelligence. So she's here to bring as many people on that journey with her. So Fumi, welcome to Shatter. Welcome to be the co-host. We are just so thrilled to have you. 
Thank you. Thanks for that nice intro. <laughs> well, you wrote it yourself, so oh. <laughs> I no credit. <laughs> well, well, when you when you hear it from someone else, it's like, wow. Okay, thank you. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, yeah. one of our other guests, um, Anisha, said the same she, same thing. She was like, oh my goodness, I sound pretty cool. It's like, no, yeah. sound impressive. It's like, ooh, and well, except for the part where I binge on um. <laughs> Jane the Virgin, I still watch it every day. My husband can't stand that. That is A-okay. You have to find what works. You know what I mean? Work is stressful. Might as well go bend what you love. (laughs) Yes. You got to stretch relief somehow. So, Absolutely. Welcome to Shatter. By Rockwell Automation Women in the Field. We're your hosts, Fumi Ige and Corinne Pelish. But let's jump into the fact that you speak four languages. Mm-hmm. Which languages are they? And can you share the hardest part about learning multiple languages? Yeah. So, so four languages. Um, I wouldn't say I speak them fully fluently, but I get around with, you know, all of them. So very fluently, obviously English. Right. Um, and there's Polish. There's Hausa, which is an um, Arabic der- der- derivative, um, is spoken in Nigeria and some other African countries. And there is uh, French. French, French. I learned um, as a kid growing up, and my dad speaks like oh, well, he used to speak wow. a whole lot of languages. Um, and yeah, so I was so envious of that fact that he understood so many languages. And again, like I said in the bio, a, a Nigerian, a typical Nigerian speaks at least right. two languages. So there are others. There are like the pidgin English that you would have in, in Nigeria too. So it's like broken English. Yeah. Too. Uh, to me, that's another language. So wow. yeah. Yeah. And there's Spanish that I love. That's probably why I love Jane the Virgin so much. I love telenovelas. So that's that's oh that's awesome we'll just keep racking up languages right (laughs) time it's wonderful I love it yeah so what about you know you mentioned this this passion for fashion which we love that lingo by the way we should tagline that um but what it is what is it about fashion that intrigues you uh so fashion is very versatile let's start there I think that and that kind of depicts a lot about me that I love. I love change. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people will say it's ADD. I cannot do one thing um, for too long. I love that continuous change because life itself, you know, there's change, continuous change. Right. I think that's why I love fashion. That's that's it. And it's a perfect way for me to express myself too. So yeah. That, yes. I love it. That's awesome. That is something you just got to jump right in and you have to find your own style and creativity. And if you've got the eye for it, yep, I love it. That's yeah. fantastic. All right. And so today you are an OEM account manager. Welcome aboard. That's a new role as of, you know, a couple months now yeah. uh, for Rock Automation. So can you walk us through your career path and how you wound up where you are? And did you think you would be where you are today? Yeah. So I would say, I I know this sounds so cliche, but I always wanted to be a salesperson (laughs) Um, right from the very first day I started with Rockwell. So, so when I was, when I was in college, I really had no idea what I wanted to, you know, how I wanted to apply my engineering uh, degree. Cause I was like, I definitely don't want to climb poles. I definitely don't want to be what we call field service engineer, like go and do the hands-on thing full time. I'm like, okay, maybe I would want to do it a little. And so um, when I was even applying for my job, my very first job right after college, I went out and looked for sales engineer. I didn't have that much knowledge of what that meant, but all I knew was there was sales in it and I could use my engineering. That's literally all I went out to look for. Luckily, um, there was a company that was hi- helping, you know, a third party helping Rockwell hire. And they um, they called me and that's how I started my job with Rockwell. Awesome. It wasn't a sales engineering role. It was a commercial engineer role. But mm-hmm. it just really fit well because it had that commercial aspect or sales aspect that I wanted. And that's how I went from that to a uh, uh, solution consultant, which is basically working with customers. So the underlining thing is I wanted to always work with customers. I've always wanted to work with customers. So I've gone different degrees of that to OEM account manager today. 
Yes. And how are you loving the shift to like, cause, cause you were, I feel like you were much more technical and now you, you are really that frontline salesperson yeah. who can be as technical as they want. That's the beautiful thing about it. Um, yeah. but are you enjoying that shift in your brain? Yes, because I've been, I feel like I did a technical a little longer than I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, although I'm glad that I did too, because what happened was the last year and a half of my career, I spent focusing on the commercial. I didn't do a lot of technical and I was lucky that my, the customers I was, I was supporting didn't really, they were very, you know, um, self-sufficient. So they didn't really need me to always be there and give them technical. I only gave them, you know, guide, I guided them through things that they really needed me for. So I spent a lot of time building that commercial aspect that kind of led into today that made me take a whole, you know, (laughs) responsibility and and take that opportunity of saying, yes, I want to do the the entire sales thing and not focus on the technical. There is a little Mm -hmm. bit of a, oh, you know, I might dive in a little too deeper than I should. And I, you know, catch myself from time to time going, I really don't need to be involved in this. So, yeah. yeah. But that's the beauty of it is, you know, there's, there's extremely technical salespeople. There's definitely more commercial salespeople and you just find your, you find what works for you. And if you're enjoying diving into the technical piece, that's okay. You know, your customers, I'm sure will appreciate that. So that is awesome. I'm thrilled for you. And again, congrats on the new role. This podcast episode brought to you by Rockwell Automation's IntelliCenter technology. To remain competitive in today's demanding business landscape, you need all parts of your operation working together at maximum efficiency, including your motor controls. Sendline Motor Control Centers provide a flexible solution not only for centralized motor control, but when connected to your network, delivers real-time information to keep your operations running. So today's episode is all around emotional intelligence. So for the listeners who may not know what emotional intelligence is, it really generically is the ability for oneself to identify and manage your own emotions and understand those around you's emotions. So Fumi, can you describe emotional intelligence in your own words? Yeah. Um, so emotion intelligence. So it's funny. Every time I have I, I get that question or I try to define emotional intelligence, it changes, right? Yeah. And it also, it changes because emotional intelligence isn't one thing, um, but as humans, we like to always kind of define and come stick to mm-hmm. some definition. But but ultimately, um, just like you said, right, it's, it's letting yourself um, feel what you feel and and doing the same for others, basically. Like, mm-hmm. like there, there's, there's, there are things that our instincts kind of show us and tell us, but because of the things we've learned from childhood or from whatever event that may have occurred, whether good or bad, we memory, right? We kind of, mm-hmm. we kind of go back to memory and then stick to that. And that's a, Ooh, that's where fear comes in or holding back and stuff. And for me, that's, that's emotional intelligence, the ability to go beyond that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And it's, and it's like, I always consider it a bit of like, you're on the same wave with someone. So whether or not you're both happy to be on that wave or not, but you at least understand that other person's perspective Cause you can put yourself maybe in their shoes or, um, or hopefully vice versa, right. Where they can put themselves in your shoes and then understand if you're really frustrated or, um, if you're just ecstatic, whatever the, the emotion is, someone's able to be like, oh my gosh, that's what Fumi's feeling today. That's, you know, or that's why she's approaching this from a certain angle. And here's how I'm going to meet her there or halfway or however it needs to happen. Yeah. I like that you said that. It, there, there's a term when, when all these gurus are talking about emo, emotional intelligence and EQ and they, they talk about the flow. Yes. And when you go with the flow, it's crazy. Emotional intelligence is, is so broad. It's when you're talking about mindfulness and consciousness and you're talking about empathy, that's all emotional intelligence, right? And you talk about mm-hmm. the flow. And if you stay in the flow, um, it means you are you you've figured out how to 
to get rid of, maybe not necessarily get rid of, but get through resistance. So there is always going to be that resistance because again, what you've learned or the things that you've heard are, are not good for whatever situation you're going through that, that resistance. If you go with the flow, you're feeling sad, just, okay, let it go. Mm-hmm. And then you feel like getting up in the midst of that sadness to do something else, get up and go do it instead of feeling guilty for, Oh, I should be feeling sad right now because I don't know. Um, something bad happened naturally I should be feeling bad so I shouldn't get up and enjoy myself you know that guilt it's kind of like COVID right when we talked about the whole situation during COVID and it's like oh I feel guilty I should probably be sitting in front of my computer no but you're probably your brain's telling you you're tired get up and go take a walk right that's that's the flow and that's that emotional intelligence and understanding that people are different too because you feel this Mm -hmm. way somebody might feel some other way and deal with it some other way somebody might take different steps it's just go with the flow yeah no that's that's really that's really neat and I like the word flow too it makes me think of yoga yeah when you hit like when you hit flow right you've learned the steps and then but it's the learning of the steps for flow is hard as well but then once you've learned it and then you just trust it, right? Trust, trust that process. But so emotions are integral into our day-to-day lives, right? We can't turn them off. I wish sometimes we could, um, <laughs> but that's not really an option. Yeah. And a lot of the times in the workplace, we, we have suppressed them and that's a cultural symptom, unfortunately. So one of the ways I I think about this is when, you know, you hop on a meeting, you see someone at a grocery store and someone's like, oh my gosh, how are you? But we never really care to hear the answer to that. We never really want the genuine response of, um, um, you know, actually I'm pretty terrible today. Right. Or, um, oh my gosh, I've just had the best day ever because those true responses can be incredibly uncomfortable. But in reality, we think about it and emotion conveys such a a deeper meaning when you're able to vibe with someone on that level. So if emotional intelligence enables one to accurately perceive emotions and faces, understand the meaning of those emotions, and then manage those, um, those emotions of ourselves and others. So Fumi, from your, your own experiences, personal and professional, how have you seen that affect your life? Huh? Good question. So I'll start with what I normally say, and I don't know when I started saying this, but I say it because that's what I noticed I, I've been doing, or that's what the pattern I noticed has been happening. Again, it's a thing that it's a pattern doesn't mean I should continue doing it, but it's something that happened. And I, and I realized I connect so quickly with people that just go with the flow or are genuine. And I don't know how to define genuine doesn't mean, Oh, you're just, you know, the way that we like to define genuinity, but I just, there is that just let yourself be and stop holding tight onto stuff. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll start there and say, I don't know how to describe it that I'm able to see it when I'm talking to people. Um, You can tell because people don't act plastic, plasticky, Mm -hmm. Um, and you're able to be, I'm able to say, all right, this is the same person I see at work. This is the same person I see outdoors. This is the same person I see when we go out for a social event. It's the same person. Of course, there's some, there are nuances that you kind of, because you kind of have to follow some policies and things like that, that's different, but the core of you doesn't change. Um, right. And that you see, but because we're in a corporate world, let's take, for example, work, right? And you're in a corporate world. And for such a long time, there's been this depiction of how you should be and how you should behave at work. Um, it was so stiff that I'm so grateful. I know COVID came with terrible things and I really, really sympathize with the people that lost, you know, the loved ones and things like that. But COVID pushed us several years ahead of where we needed to be, where people are a little more relaxed. Now you see people with their puppies and being like people that thought they were awkward, but they're just being themselves, right. Mm-hmm. Are now being awkward on, on the video calls. They didn't even like to be on video calls and they get on video calls. 
they tell mm. you how, oh, my, be, behind me, there's like a whole lot of boxes because I'm trying to, you don't see that because everybody just had this. And it's, right. it's changed that, that, that openness has changed. Of course, it comes with yeah. a whole lot of things, right? Not everybody was ready for that to, to happen. And so in that process, but it is good that it comes that way because in that process you get to learn. And for me, that's what I've seen that you, you notice that, and there's something in the EQ that they say people's expressions, you know, they, they don't lie. It's your brain sending signals to your face mm-hmm. that you almost have no control over. Of course, the ones mm-hmm. that have mastered EQ know how to use that to manipulate and just manipulate your facial expressions and things like that. But generally the most population, uh, the most part of the population, just you react and your face just reacts because your brain sending signals to you. So, right. So that's, that's kind of, for me, that's how you, you read expression. That's how you, you relate to people. You see people react in a certain way and you kind of relate to it. And that's why you kind of connect. That's a natural way to, but yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I, you know, I, I love what you said about COVID and like the being, we were all thrown into this world we weren't expecting. Right. And now it's, it has opened up a lot of really neat things. Like like you said, I, you see inside of people's homes, you see their kids, you see their spouses, you, um, I wear no makeup anymore. Right. And so it's just like, you just, yeah, we get to see (laughs) each other's like authentic selves. And I remember right when, when COVID kicked off, um, you know, it, when we did start to use video for the first time, it was like, oh my gosh, like all these women I work with, like, they are just like all so stunning and they're all not wearing makeup. Like, why do we feel this social pressure to do so? Right. So that all kind of plays in to your point. I do know from personal experience, um, one of the ways that I see emotional intelligence play out in my own life is when I'm able to manage my emotions better, I'm able to manage my stress better. And that typically comes with working out or making sure I'm communicating clearly around what I'm feeling. Um, Cause, and I know I'm not alone when I say this, but otherwise you bottle up. Right. And you're like, Oh, I'm extremely frustrated with this work meeting or um, X, Y, Z happened. So if I'm not able to identify what that feeling is and then go deal with it accordingly, it creates way more chaos. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, that's the continuous process that I'm, I'm like, Corinne, keep working on it. Right. Cause yeah. it, it just, it helps you be a better person. Right. When you're able to identify that. And that's a form of you finding your flow, right? Yeah. So, yeah, because you found, you found how you could go from, all right, I've done so much to, all right, this is what I, this is what works for me. And it's so natural for me to just go to it and I can relieve my stress and I can pick up or just relax after doing all of that and then pick up whenever. That's why I like it. I think you're one of the people that I like that just goes, I'm sorry, I got to, you know, move this meeting because something came up right? because things come up. That's nature. And you can't, you can't make yourself just, oh, because, because I set this meeting up, I really have to meet, be in that meeting, even though it's so tight for me and my schedule is so cramped up, I'm just going to keep up. It's got to do what works for you because you're not going to be bringing your best self to whatever it is that you force to do. So that's a great point. Definitely not with customers. Always keep those, but (laughs) the internal meetings, I'm always like, um, yeah, going to move this one. (laughs) Yeah, actually. Yeah. Hopefully I don't get fired for this. I'm just kidding. But even, (laughs) even with customers, um, I think to a level when you have that rapport with your customers, Mm -hmm. of course, you know, again, it's a flow sense of urgency. There's that sense of urgency that, you know, when things are urgent and you can delegate too, right? You doesn't mean you have to, because this has to be done. You have to be there full time, hundred percent. No, you could take that time off. Let the customer know I will be back certain time. Mm -hmm. And if you need somebody to help you while you're trying to recuperate, you can do that too. Right. Absolutely. No wrong answers. Right. Yeah. So we've been talking a lot about emotional intelligence. There's another word that people are pretty familiar with, right? Which is IQ or intelligent quotient. And people also refer to emotional intelligence as emotional quotient. They're just kind of interchangeable. 
But once upon a time, IQ was really viewed as the most important skill, right? I think there's like IQ tests, whatever you would score on them. I don't think I ever took one, but people would be like, oh my goodness, like so-and-so has an outrageous, you know, IQ score. They must just be brilliant. Um, And that's really just how we metriced how smart someone was. But it doesn't quite feel like something you can work on, right? You're, you're born with, with kind of the book smart. I mean, of course you can work at it and get good grades or, or educate yourself, but it feels like that is more of an innate piece of someone. While EQ, yes, you're born with a certain sense of it, but you are able to work, work it out like a muscle, right? You're able to build, you're able to develop. Um, so Fumi, have you, as you've been on this journey, right? For, um, finding yourself and emotional intelligence, how have you, um, or maybe what's a better question is any advice to our listeners on beginning their journey of emotional intelligence growth and how have you been able to develop your EQ? Mm, Good question. Um, advice. So I'm, I'm going to answer it in a weird way. So hear me out. Um, just cause I don't know if my advice is worth anything, but (laughs) I would say, I think the very first thing for me when I started was, I, I had questions for certain things and, and I was born into a Christian family, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I had questions like, why isn't this? Why would, you know, why would, why would they say the church doesn't love um, certain group of people if that's all, you know, um, they preach love and things like that. And so I think mine started that way. And I think even as a kid, when I had questions, it was just dumbed down by the parents. Like, uh, yeah, you know, just focus on what you're being taught. And, and for me, the moment you give room for those, just open up, just assume that those questions are things that you actually need to know. There are things that there are doors to awareness, right. To understanding more about you and everyone that's around you. That That's that's where it starts, right? Just being curious. The curiosity is key um, because it's it's something that you really want to know, or it's biting you, or it's I don't know. It's like this sort of makes sense, but there's this piece that's not there. That puzzle, and until you find that puzzle, you're always going to be in that awkward state of mind. You're probably like you've probably found a way to just make yourself work or function in the way that that piece isn't there, but you, it will always come up there in several ways. Um, and so my advice is just that curiosity, lean into it. Um, mm-hmm. and don't be afraid of confrontation. And, and I don't mean in the negative sense that, that we kind of think of confrontation, but anything that questions what you do. Because mm-hmm. like I said earlier, we learn things. There are things that we learn from our parents, from our surrounding and things. Doesn't necessarily mean that is the book. It's written on stone and nothing can be changed because what everything is, the most constant thing is in life is change. So if you're mm-hmm. not even going with that, you're not going with the flow of nature. You're not going with the flow of life. You are trying to oppose whatever is natural, right? If you do not lean to the curiosity we do not allow for the possibility for change to happen for my journey i'd say it's it's been an interesting one since i started that questioning i had a mentor um from she's a missionary in poland and she was one of the persons that would answer my question answer my questions in certain ways i'm like okay i know i there is something greater than i than i know mm-hmm. but i just want to find and i went into the yoga went into awareness at some point I'm like, okay, this is, this is crazy. This is like, I mean, yes, yoga is great, but okay. What are all of this hum things that I have to do? Right. And it's just, <laughs> and now guess what? I, I do yoga every morning. I meditate every oh, that's morning. Funny. That's funny. That's really, really funny because that quiet time, I do at least mm. 20 minutes of meditation. When I wake up, that's the first thing I do. I wake up and I meditate before I do yoga. And it's like, look at me. 20 minutes goes like this, this quickly, because that quiet time is just me, myself, and I in my head space in that 
releasing my muscle and whatever wants to happen happens right. whatever wants to go through go through and it's just it's it's the same as living you know just your day-to-day just let the flow happen it just it sounds very woo-woo and you know things like that but I don't know how to explain it I have been able to go through a whole lot of, a lot I I went through a whole lot of changes in my life this year, Mm -hmm. a lot of like dramatic events happened this year. And if this happened, say four years ago, I don't know how I would have gotten through it because I would have been extremely stressed Mm -hmm. with trying to move on. So no, Mm -hmm. I, I think that is, that's what it is. It's just letting yourself go. Yeah. I know people always wait until they're like, oh, I'm 60 and I'm retiring. And now I'm about to let myself go. It's great, but doesn't mean you can't start today. It doesn't mean you can't start where you are today. Just let go. Whether it's like, okay, guess what? I mean, nobody's saying go crazy, right? Don't, don't go and say, all right, I'm going to take all my savings and go do whatever. Right. Let yourself do the things that makes you your mind at rest, at peace. Mm-hmm. That is That is reflective of the environment that you want to see that, that I know that beauty, I don't know how to explain it, but I know that what you do in, um, makes a difference of what you see out. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that you meditate every morning. I think that's like, what comes down to like, do you understand yourself? Are you able to recognize where you're at? And if you can't do that, then I think it's, how do you flex that muscle? Right. Cause we're, you know, yourself the most hopefully. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's really important. And I love that you do that. Um, yeah. I, I do think it's important to note that emotional intelligence, like people, I think <clears throat> view it as a, like a certain way, right. People maybe are always have things all together, oh, um, no. are always happy <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Like there's, I feel like there's some yeah. mis. Um, misperception, misalignment, yeah, misperceptions with, with maybe what individuals see as emotionally intelligent. I'm like, no, 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 no. It just means you're working through those things. Yeah, I, I love that you brought that up because it just means that <laughs> the stress comes and you could literally just let go and go yell and scream and maybe say whatever that helps you, but you do not try to avoid the moment you don't it happens you have you just you're so self-aware that you know okay now I'm really pissed what do I do all right let me let this very anger the fact that you you're aware of it and you know how to channel in such a way Mm -hmm. that it helps you doesn't mean you suppress it because it's the suppressing that actually causes that built up pent up anger pent up fear Mm -hmm pent up um, withdrawal, whatever it is, it just, just let yourself go through it because as you, and and I know it's so easy to say, it's absolutely easier to say than to do. Like I had an incident happen to me and I, I didn't know how to react to it. So first I went screaming. I was super outraged and I was trying to reach out to the person and tell them my wholehearted mind. I got a voicemail. I'm like, I got a voicemail and I stopped there and I'm like, how could you, you know, how could this happen? Then ended up, ended that voicemail cried myself out for like a bit. And then I felt great. I'm like, okay, now I'm going to send a nice, beautiful email that will address the things that I thought, you know, would be more humane. And I have been, I've been in the best place ever since then that made that person kind of feel the humanity in what Mm. I put and oh, maybe I should have looked at it this way. At the end of the day, being angry and cursing somebody doesn't, it doesn't create a better reaction from that person. It just, it's just a chain reaction of negatives that when you do that, you can just, you can just curse and I don't know, at the walls or whatever. And if that works, that works, but just, yeah, just channel it and just let, let yourself feel it just be conscious and aware of what's going on. And once you're aware, that's the very first step of knowing that what's happening. 
mm-hmm. else that's where Absolutely. your emotions take over right if you once, right. you once you know you are like okay this is what's happening let's let's get through this right and like, not hey rush i know it. the name of this emotion yes and don't rush it either because that, that's the other thing right they say the five stages of of grief and then you're like all right i'm done i don't want to deal with this that's again you trying to suppress it so, right yeah absolutely so adding on to that yeah. we're seeing this shift right from iq to eq specifically in the workplace yeah and today you can see eq woven through like interview questions because a lot of a lot of studies have shown that a higher emotional intelligence means that individual is a better team player and a better leader. So does this line up with what you've seen in the workplace? And how do you see EQ really playing that role in a professional space? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so. I, when I was reading um, my, my very first introduction to emotional intelligence, which is um, by Daniel Goleman, emotional intelligence, emotional intelligence, excuse me. Um, there was a mention, I, I can't remember what chapter it was, and he was talking about what they teach um, kids in school. It was, I think it's social skills or something like that. I can't remember. And it's a thing, not every school does that, but some schools mm-hmm. do it. And it's something that, it's not like it was, it's something new, but it's been adopted by more schools now. But we've known it for a long time as grit. The person has the grit. It's basically emotional intelligence is grit means you are aware and you know how to use that consciousness of yours to navigate the world, right? That's the grit, right? I know that I'm this and somebody translates that as I'm confident. No, it's because I know what's happening to me and I'm just going to go in this direction to make sure that I um, achieve what it is I'm trying to achieve in this state that I'm in, right? Um, but I like, I like that. I like the fact that in workplace, in the workplace now, you get to see a lot of that in interviews, like you mentioned, where for a long time, for example, if they were hiring um, a salesperson, um, they were looking for technical people to get right. into those roles. And because we want you to be able to have that conversation with a technical guy that you're having. And now it's no, um, I'm trying to understand you as a human and I want to have that cognitive skill of trying to say, okay, I see where you're coming from. How is it I can help, right? Other than, yep, this is what I know. And I'm telling you, this is how you should go about things, right? It's let me listen to you and let me find a way that we can work through this together. And that's what they're doing mm-hmm. right now for managers, because for a manager, you are, you are people people leader and not just a leader, but you're the example. You're the person that's supposed to say, how can I help? I don't know. I don't have all the answers, right? But what can we do? Or, hey, Mm -hmm. you're quiet. Or this is not the normal that I've seen you do. How is it that we can navigate this to get us better? Tell me, I'm learning from you. I'm not giving you instructions or commanding you. It's not a hierarchical conversation of you go there Mm -hmm. and you go there. It's that social skill that we're that they talk about today, that grit, that ability to be aware of yourself as well as the people that you're trying to develop to say, this is how we go through things. So I'm seeing it more and more. um, Yeah. In a workplace, even, even in our day-to-day around the world, right? Like we're talking about a lot of, you hear now a lot of D and I um, in companies, or you hear a lot of Actually, what the world is a huge company as a, as a, as a whole. So, very much so. <laughs> so you yeah. hear a lot of oh, how you should we should accept our our differences. That's literally what emotional intelligence is, right? You have to be aware of the of how people are different from you, how people function mm-hmm. differently from you. You could somehow relate to it in your own way. Again, but we're mm-hmm. still different. We still, you know, situations the same situations happen to us. We react to it differently. We have different outcomes from those situations. And yeah, it's for me, I, I'm glad that there's more, and it's basically what humanity is, humanity is supposed to be like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we need the ones that don't see it that way to be there because how would we know how to evolve or how to be better? Right. So, yeah. I really, I really relate to you saying, you know, the manager is supposed to 
you know, if they see something, you know, hey, this individual is not speaking up or, you know, hey, um, this person's kind of off the rails today, like whatever that might be, they're able to manage their people differently. Yes. And I think that is where I've seen the most emotionally intelligent people is when they're able to be like, I'm going to interact with Fumi this way. And I'm going to interact with Corinne this way, because that's, that's how they're going to excel is if I meet them here. Um, a couple of my really good managers, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a person that likes the center of attention and much more of like a behind the scenes person. And, um, so sometimes I struggle in really large meetings to speak up because I think, you know, and this plays into imposter syndrome, but like, oh, I'm the only one who's confused. Right. But, you know, so it just kind of plays into that, but at my really good managers will always be like, Corinne normally has a lot to say, but she doesn't say much in these large meetings. And so they will either ask me for my opinion in those meetings, which helps me because otherwise I kind of fade to the background or they'll call me after and be like, Hey, well, what did you think about that? I noticed, noticed you were quiet. And that really helps me. So I, I have always appreciated that. And I've always attributed that to emotional intelligence because mm. they met me where I needed to be. Yeah. And, and that helped my own development. Yeah. Yeah. I know we like to put labels on, on things, but when I first joined, um, the Rockwell East region, North American team. I, um, one of the people that were mentioned to me were like, Oh, you have to talk to this person, this person. Of course I didn't get to everybody. Um, but towards, towards the end of his tenure, Dave, Dave Mayevsky, um, there was this thing that came up on the sales. We had a sales opportunity to do a sales, um, what they call it again. I think it's the yearly, the annual sales, uh, thing that we have, I'm, I'm blanking out right now, but like an in-person meeting or no, uh, the, the, the annual meeting that we kick off. Thank oh, you. Like kickoff. Okay. Yeah. Jeez, I blanked for a second there. Um, so the kickoff and we had like breakout sessions where people had different things. So I signed up for like emotional. I just wanted to talk more and, and somebody got on the call. Actually it was, I think it was Joe, Joe Valencia. I can't remember. Somebody got on the call and said, Hey, you should talk to Dave Maskey. He's, you know, he's a, EQ guy. I'm like, really? And then I got in a conversation. I'd like set up something and I had a conversation with him. It was like, Hey, we're, we're like speaking the same language. Like we're like sitting down in the, in, in the living room and we're just talking because the level of the co- kind of conversation we we're talking about, it wasn't, we didn't even talk about EQ or anything. Mm-hmm. I just mentioned that that was it. But the things that we're talking about, which are career wise, personal, personal things and every other thing that encompassed being human, we were just talking about it and it just flowed. Right. And so I just, I love when people are that aware or people are even open to even have those conversations. It just, there's a lot you learn, like I'm still learning a whole lot and I don't think it's ever going to end. Right. So I, I like that. And I, and I hope and I wish that people are are more open to that their curiosity because we all have it. Yeah. Just agreed. Press it. So and Dave Mayeski, we miss you and we will miss you forever. You're the best. <laughs> I know I didn't get a chance to actually spend more time with him, but I I'm gonna reach out hopefully. Yes. Oh absolutely. He would love that. But to your point, right, a couple of real world examples of EQ are empathy and authenticity. You shared that right at the very beginning. And I think that's what you were experiencing with Dave Mayeski, right? Is it's just, it's a vulnerable conversation when you're talking about career paths and personal life and all of that. Um, so it's really important because along the way, specifically in sales, we work so much external, you meet people who, who may have different, um, thought processes than you. So you don't always need to agree with someone. That's not what EQ is, but you do need to connect and understand where someone's coming from. So that's a big differentiator. And then you, Likewise, you don't need to share everything. So even if you are being vulnerable, you don't need to say, well, when I was 10, you know, like I fell on a rock and that's why I have a limp or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do need to stick to your values. Right. So you don't share everything, but you do need to stick to, to what's important to you. So Fumi, tough question. Can you think of a time when you've been highly aware of your EQ in a situation or in hindsight, when you thought you could have handled something with a bit more emotional intelligence, response. Hmm. Yeah. Tough one. Very tough one. Yep. 
there's no easy questions when you come on Jack. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Um, so I, I feel like I'm just trying to go back as, as recent as possible. Um, and, and for me, all right, maybe let me try this one. Cause the most vivid one is, is the one I shared earlier about, about, you know, someone attacking my entire humanity and me being very furious about it. Um, and it's the people that actually have the power to do this are the people that are the closest to you. Right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so this actually, I think this one is a better example. It's a friend of mine that um, I sort of, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm mentoring her, but we're just, we talk and, and she, she tends to like bring things and we kind of discuss through and, and she's going through a few things in her life where she's trying to do the best that she can. Of course the world. And sometimes my judgy self thinks about things, uh, you know, that she tells me and I go, do you really have to be doing this? Is that how you want to deal with it? And she goes to therapy too, which is like, okay, this girl is really trying to get things through. Right. And, um, and came up, you know, she brought up this something about how, oh, I'm going to have more, she, let's say, for example, she wants to do more piercings. She's had so much piercings, and she wants to do more and more. I'm like, is that really what is that's going to help you? But that it has been her outlet for relieving stuff. And, and recently said, oh, she's going to do some, some adjustment to her body and stuff like that. You know, and in my mind, I'm going, oh, God, really? You're fine. And my first reaction was going to be, are you find the way you are? And, and what came out of my mind was, my mouth was, do you, whatever makes you happy, if that makes you happy, if that's what you feel like will be good. She's like, oh no, I don't, I'm not telling you so that you can justify it. I'm like, oh no, you don't have to. You don't owe anybody in the world any explanation to this. Mm -hmm. Honestly, in my mind, of course, my first reaction, and I thought, when I thought about all the things that I was saying, I was like, but that's not you, but you're not there. You don't even know what she's going through, right? For me, that was like, oh my goodness, I, you know, I realized it and I caught it and I'm glad that I was able to talk through that. Um, for, for a moment, um, I, was, I was happy that that's what happened because I feel like she's on a journey. We're all on our journeys and you cannot judge anybody based on that. You know, this mm -hmm. is how I would do things. You have to right. just be that empathic person body to be there. And, and so that's what's happening in that side where I feel like that EQ came into play. Where, where it didn't come to play was when somebody said something to me and I just dumbed down everything. I went quiet, couldn't say anything. And I regretted it because I knew that there was a feeling of something that's supposed to come on and I didn't let it out. And, and um, yeah, and in hindsight, I went, okay, I'm going to use it anyways. And I posted something, but it was not directed at the person. I just posted something on my, I think Facebook or one of my social media. And I said, uh, you know, I had this conversation. This is what I wish I said. Yeah. yeah, it's, 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 it's difficult. Even, even though you, I tend to think of myself as aware as I could be, there are a lot of moments where you go back to what you've known for a very long time course well that's the easy button that's human nature right it's yeah. the it's it's hard yeah <laughs> it's hard to be constantly aware constantly flexing to someone so I mean it's important that we give ourselves grace right when we're like oh I, I could have handled that differently I should have handled that differently um so I think owning up to it is really important right like hey if I didn't handle myself you know, really well in our last meeting, Fumi, like I would hope I would call you and be like, I'm so sorry. Like I really dropped the ball there. Uh, I'm going to try to be better next time or whatever that might be. And that's the humility piece that I think we miss a lot <laughs> sometimes in this yeah. world. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important to give yourself grace and then try to try to put yourself in another person's shoes and be like, well, maybe they didn't they didn't understand that that was really hurtful when they said that. And I should have been more clear, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. So try to meet people where they're at. Um, but then also see how far you've come. Right. Yeah. My goodness. If you look back at your 12 year old self, mm -hmm. probably weren't as emotionally as intelligent as you are now. Yeah. Right. So see how far you've come. And then, um, 
but it's never too late to start the journey. Correct. Being aware. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I want to be my five old, five year old self because I think we were more inclined without EQ than now. Well, we probably it back to your flow comment, yeah. right? It was probably much more natural. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're a lot more in our head or confused about feelings or this or that. Yeah. yeah. Not that I want to be my five year old self, but that flow for my five year old self with all the things that I know today. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, can I get the mix of that, please? Like my current salary, but my responsibilities yes. of a five-year-old. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh. So, Fumi, last question, generic. Any lasting advice or thoughts for our listeners as they embark on their own journey with understanding and developing their EQ? Yeah. So I had I had something for this, but I feel like. I may have mentioned this to you before, but I would say, think of the most, the dearest person to you, right? Think of what you would do or you're willing to do to ensure that they're happy, safe, um, and being their best selves, right? And I, I'm, I'm assuming that you would want the same for yourself, right? project that to everybody, every person you meet. Give them that understanding and that grace and give yourself that understanding and grace that you would do for the dearest person. Even if it's somebody you meet in a grocery store, they probably did something that offended you. It's not about you. It's, mm-hmm. it's them. Whether they, they were so, so offensive it is a, it's some form of hurt that they're relaying out. And if you don't take that personal, that person actually has the, that opportunity of thinking, what did I do? Or, oh, I did this. Even if they don't see, they don't get the opportunity to relay that message to you. You've just given that person an opportunity to find a better way of doing what they did. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that for me is huge until today. I'm still trying to learn that, especially with people that you just work on a daily basis at work. And you're like, eh, I'm not going to be, I'm just, it's just work. And I could change my job at any time type of thing. Try to put that, project that same mm-hmm. energy towards those people. And you'll see a huge difference. That's great advice. I think uh, the world would be a more accepting place if we did that. Yeah. Yeah. So one step at a time and don't be afraid of growing pains because they will be there. But I, I love it. Fumi, thank you for all of your insight and advice throughout just this emotional intelligent discussion. I, it's wonderful to hear your perspective. And to our listeners, you're going to get to hear a lot more of Fumi moving forward. So she will be giving all of her wonderful insight and creativity into um the forthcoming episodes. So hey, I'm excited. Thrilled. That's a whole lot of um, boosting up right there. <laughs> <laughs> I I will do my best. I will I will go with the flow. But Corinne Corinne is the <laughs> mistress and the master of all of this. So I'm just going to be following her lead because she's been doing <laughs> it. Takes an army. But Fumi, as we sign off, you have to sign off in multiple languages. <laughs> okay. All right, let's see. I will start. Um, goodbye, Davidzenya. Say Anjuma. Um, au revoir. Adios. Um, we go see. That's pigeon. Uh, pigeon English. Uh, which other one? Um, Ofi dozen. And that's it. Oh, I love it. That was wonderful. And I think that was what, seven or eight? I don't remember. <laughs> the last one oh is not my best. I, I don't, I think I only know how to count and whatever in German and that's about it. But yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, I love it. That was awesome. Thank you, Fumi. Thank you.